Quite often, people feel that they're a burden speaking about their grief to friends or family. They're the words of Amanda Dean from the Sue Ryder Duchess of Kent Hospice as they open their brand new Grief Kind Space in Ruscombe. Grief Kind Spaces have proved to be an amazing success elsewhere in the UK, providing a place where people can make connections and open up about their experiences of grief to trained volunteers. The sessions take place every Wednesday between 10 and midday at the cafe at Hare Hat Sheeplands. I've been speaking to Amanda to find out more. It's a space where people can go from the community. They don't have to have an association with Sue Ryder. So people can go along. The only criteria is that you have to have suffered a loss or a bereavement. Uh, they're peer groups, so they're set up. They're drop-in sessions. We don't take any details. We don't follow up. Um, and the idea is that we want to get people talking to each other about their grief and bereavement, which will help them to deal with their grief and their loss. Talk me through, if you could, a, a typical session. We have volunteers that have been trained to facilitate a group. They're not there for counselling, but they're there to facilitate a group to welcome new members in. So people will come, they will have heard about our sessions either through radio or newspaper or through the doctor's surgeries and social prescribers that we've, you know, we've let know that all these groups are happening. Um, And they'll turn up to a group uh, our volunteers welcome them and introduce them, um, you know, if they, if there's other people in the session at the time. Um, and then we just sort of, we're talking to them really, and they can then express how they feel. They can tell us a little bit about their situation. Some people go straight into it and tell us exactly why they're there and, you know, who they've lost and um, start talking about how they feel immediately. And other people, we might be having conversations about air fryers before we get onto that. So, and you mentioned there, kind of tongue in cheek, I, I suspect, uh, maybe not about conversations about air fryers, but I guess that's the point, isn't it? That people can go there and they can feel so comfortable that other conversations may arise and there's not that tension there. Yeah. And I mean, in fact, actually, air fries is quite a poignant one, actually, because I think that came about by the fact that there were a few people that were on their own having to do their own cooking now. So it sort of came up that somebody may have had the idea of, why don't you get an air fryer? Because they're really easy for when you're cooking for one. But, you know, it, it has all sorts of conversations that come up as well. You know, people, it's really interesting to see that one person will mention something and other people then chip into that. So... Um, you know, there's a, a very common one that comes up with, you know, I don't know when to get rid of my, you know, partner's clothes, um, you know, and they, they, then all the other attendees will start mentioning what they, you, what their experience is, because there's no right or wrong answer to that, of course. How difficult is it for people to turn up to their first session to make that jump to attend? Really difficult, really difficult. Um you know, it's hard enough going into a new group when you, you're feeling good about yourself or, or your, your life is going quite well. Whereas if obviously if you're suffering a bereavement or a loss, um, then, you know, you're having all sorts of other feelings about that before you even try to enter the group. So, um, the, the feedback that we get from people that come into the group is it's, it's hard and it's difficult to make that first step. But the people that have come and have attended and keep coming back to us, they've said that they, you know, they're really pleased that they did. And of course, uh, the one that you're opening up in in the Twyford area, the RG10 area, we yeah. are coming up to Christmas. Um, it, I guess it couldn't be better timed in that respect. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we've had people that have attended, uh, which is good. And, and we've had people that have come back. And, you know, it takes a little while for people to get used to it. I mean, there might even be people that pop along to the garden center to have a look at the group from the outside before they'll join us. Um, it's, you know, like you've just said, it, it's a difficult thing for people to do, to come and join a group that's, um, you know, when if you're not feeling that good about yourself at the time, so or in yourself. So although uh, you're not a volunteer, um, these sessions are volunteer-led, aren't they? Tell me about um, the role they have to play, how one would go about becoming a volunteer. Yeah, absolutely. That we we supply um, training, bereavement training for our volunteers. Um, they are not counselling based, so nothing about the space is supposed to be sort of one on one counselling. They're not trained to that level, but we train our volunteers for you, you know in, in bereavement. Um, they're there to listen and to facilitate the group, so they'll be there to welcome people in and you know introduce people. And what kind of qualities do you think uh, a volunteer needs? Uh, well, you need to be a very good listener, um, kind, caring, compassionate people, um, and be able to volunteer a couple of hours of your time. Usually um, we're, our volunteers are working alternate weeks um, and it works out, you know, two or three hours in the garden centre of a morning. And um, some do more, but that's, you know, that's we can have that level of commitment. So, and I guess there is an emotional toll on the volunteers themselves. Can you tell me a bit about that? Is there anything that Sue Ryder put in place for that? Yeah, well, along with the training that we offer our volunteers, we also offer what we call supervision. So once every six weeks, we have the group all come together uh, with our family services department. So our trained counsellors, and we all discuss um, things that people are worried about or, you know, circum- you know, situations that they've been in that they'd like some advice on. Um, we don't ask our volunteers to wait six weeks. If they have any issues or problems, they can phone phone me and they can have access to our counsellors as well. So, But we do have supervision, which is put in place for exactly that reason. Finally, then, if um, someone is listening to this and, you know, they may be umming and ahhing about uh, going along to a grief uh, kind space, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them to come along? Um, I would say that everybody that attends these spaces knows that it's not an easy thing to do to come along and um, and have a chat with us. We're very welcoming. We, you know, we were looking for new people. You were always on the lookout in the garden centres to sort of see if, if somebody's looking a bit nervous if they want to approach us. So we will be very welcoming and we will include anybody into the group. And uh, you can come along and talk about anything from your grief to... Amanda, thank you very much and uh, thank you for all the work you do. Thanks, Ben. That was Amanda Dean from Sue Ryder, Duchess of Kent Hospice. If you do want to pop along, there is no need to register. And to find out more, go to suerider.org slash spaces. And also, if you want to find out more about becoming a volunteer, then visit suerider.org slash gkvolunteer. We'll have all of those links in the episode notes. Thanks for listening to the RG10 podcast. This is the last episode of Series 10. We're going to be back in a few weeks with more stories from the area. So do let us know if you've got any ideas that you think could be of interest. Goodbye. Goodbye.